Hi, I'm Craig Williams, and this is Beyond the Tassel. In 1624, an Englishman by the name of John Donne wrote these words. He said, No man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. What I think Dunn meant by this was that we are all connected, one to another. And not only connected, but dependent in ways we may not even entirely understand. And while I know that sentiment may fly in the face of this ascendant, rugged American individualism uh, that seems to be becoming so popular in some quarters today, but the fact is, John Dunn was right. We really do need each other. Now, let me illustrate what I mean, and then let's go on a little networking tour de force. All right, let's talk about farming for a minute. Now, in your mind, you probably have some idea of what this might look like. Depending upon your upbringing and maybe the work you do today, you've got a certain picture of this in your mind. Most of us will think of the lone farmer out driving the tractor across his furrowed land, planting seeds in the spring, and then climbing into the combine to harvest those crops that he's grown in the fall. Now, in the wintertime, maybe we picture him in his shed or in his barn or in his workshop, making repairs on the equipment. And if he's got livestock, well, then he's seeing to it that they're fed, watered, and cared for all year long before being taken to market. Now, he has his land, he has his equipment, his, his livestock, and of course, his acquired skills, which he's honed to a fine point over years of hard work and experience. Now, this man can feed his family from not only his own labors, but from his own land. He's got a deep well dug on his property so that he has no real need to be connected to the municipal water supply. I mean, this is a self-sustaining man. Am I right? Well, actually, no, I'm not right. In fact, not even close. At least, not in our modern era, and really, never. All right, the farmer relies on a market that'll buy his corn, his beans, his wheat, or whatever it is he's growing. He relies on the wholesale and then retail customers of that market or mill. He relies on the good people who manufacture the modern tractor, the combine, uh, the implements he uses to plant, cultivate, and harvest his crop. The technology inside this tractor today is insane. I mean, It's going to attach him to a geostationary satellite that's flying 20,000 miles above the surface of the earth. And this is going to help him plant and harvest and even use fuel more efficiently. And so he's attached to the people who operate those systems and even indirectly to the scientists who created those systems. I mean, even in his own family, he'll work long hours and almost always will rely upon the people in his household to help prepare meals, to help with the chores, to help transport children to school. I mean, he can't very well farm if he's got to do all the other stuff too, right? So the list goes on and on. Now, the bank who extends the crop loans and the depositors that that bank is attached to, um, the people who manufacture the barbed wire, the fertilizers, the hybridized seed, the machine parts, the lubricants for those machine parts, pesticides, and more. The list goes on. I think you get the idea. A farmer (laughs) isn't even independent from the government he sometimes curses. (laughs) If not for government subsidies and the regularly renewed uh, U.S. farm bill, he'd probably get slaughtered in the markets by more efficient, better capitalized corporate farmers. Fact is, it's really hard to live as a human being and be completely independent 
of other human beings. We need each other. We really need each other. And we, we do better because of each other, at least in theory. Now, this all leads me back to the whole idea of our network and what this kind of dependency means to us. So just like the guy in the tractor will be more productive and more profitable with the right kind of connections, so will you be better positioned to make the most of your opportunities with the right connections. But here's the thing about connections, and I'll use our farmer example to illustrate. It works best when it's a two-way street, a little give and take. The farmer, for example, can't walk into Rural King, grab a quarter-mile spool of barbed wire, and walk out, right? I mean, he's got to pay for it. Um, it's a bilateral exchange. It goes both ways. Not a one-sided transaction. Now, everybody needs something. And I'm here to tell you, if you can find a way to help enough people get what they need, you'll be rewarded by getting what you need. It won't always be symmetrical in terms of who it comes from, but your net contribution to the world will come pretty close to your net return from the world. So are you confused yet? <laughs> well, I hope not. I'm not trying to talk in circles. I mean, this is a fundamental aspect of human relations. Help other people, whether they can do something for you or not. Do it because it's the right thing to do and because you find yourself uniquely qualified to do it. You'll find plenty of folks who won't operate this way, but it doesn't matter because you'll also find plenty who do. Now, in the world of post-secondary trajectories, which is kind of our subject here, I'm a huge fan of leveraging the experience and the placement of people well-positioned to help. Now, these people will include, of course, guidance counselors, uh, but also parents of friends of yours who've either got a relationship with a particular school, with a professional firm, uh, or an employer. So they may know someone who knows someone who can help you advance your prospects. So I try to I try to look for opportunities to help as many people along the way as I can, but I'm not afraid to ask people for help as I need it also. So you'll be surprised at how often people will say yes, especially when they see you working hard to better yourself. When you ask someone for help, whether it be for an introduction, a letter of recommendation, a kind word to a prospective employer, um, or some other need you may have, be sure to thank them. Let them know how grateful you are for their assist. But most important, that if there's ever anything you can do to help them, that you stand ready to do so. Now, of course, this isn't a blank check you're giving someone. You aren't going to violate your own conscience in an illegal and unethical or otherwise improper act that someone who once helped you might ask of you. You've got limits and <laughs> you have every right to, uh, to stand firm on those limits. But why does this all matter anyway? Why are we even talking about this? Well, I wanted to talk about this this week because I think it's something that oftentimes we fail to recognize, just how much leverage we have access to. I mean, I know we've all heard the, you know, the six degrees of separation, the Kevin Bacon thing. You know, everybody um, in Hollywood can be tied back to Kevin Bacon in six connections or, or fewer, you know, in terms of the movies that they played in. But life is like that too. And we're connected to a lot of people that we probably don't really think a great deal about, but we are. And I think that you'll find that if you can, um, if you can engage in that network in a way that helps other people, you can in fact position yourself to advance as well. So because the degree to which you can sincerely and genuinely connect to your world, the greater access you will have to leverage that will come in very, very handy one day.
So the classic example is the leverage a college applicant borrows from a trusted, well-respected teacher or coach. All right, you may ask this person for a letter of recommendation, and if they agree to write it, you can be relatively well assured that they want to see you succeed. They're not going to agree to write it if they don't want to, if they don't have something good to say about you. Let them know how much the effort means to you, and afterward, let them know how much it meant to you, and how happy you would be to return the favor someday if there's anything you can ever do for them. In this authentic arrangement, you have essentially leveraged the professional position and personal character that individual has spent many years establishing, maybe a lifetime. So they vouched for you, and that is really, really meaningful. So another version of this sort of thing happens when you apply to a school and as part of your application, you accept the scheduling of an alumni interview. This is something that is done at a lot of highly selective universities. Now, what this means is that an alumnus or an alumna of that school, perhaps your dream school, is sort of running interference for the admissions office. This person is meeting with you to pass along any insights they may have, which will help the admissions team determine your fate. You have a tremendous opportunity here to figuratively pull this person over to your side of the table, um, to make them see you as someone well-suited for this school that they once attended. And after the interview, well, your work isn't yet complete. You have a thank you note to write. <laughs> and if you have access to a physical address, by all means, send a personal thank you note. You know, so few people actually do this today that when you do it, it will get you noticed. So either way, always shoot off an email letting the person know how much you appreciated their time or a text. You've got their cell phone most likely because you perhaps agreed to meet them at a, a local coffee shop or something like that. So you probably have their cell phone. Um, during the interview or the meetup, as they are sometimes called, don't try to be someone you think the school wants to see. Just be yourself, but be your best self. Let them see all the funny uh, quirky or interesting, unusual things about you that will best represent your personal brand, let's call it. You know, everywhere you go and everyone you meet is actually someone you have the potential to connect with and someone that you can both help and from whom you may receive help. But here's the thing. This is never to be done selfishly or with only your needs in mind. It must be absolutely positively must be genuine, sincere, and selfless. If you're going to ask someone for their help, then you must be prepared to render help to them when you're called upon. Better still, don't wait for them to ask. If you see some way you can enrich their life, just do it. All right? So if you will live your life engaged in the needs of others, you will literally be serving humankind. And that will not only make the world a better place, it will make your world a better place. Along these same lines, let me just drop this in there as well because I think it's important. Look, the world is full of needs. You won't be great at providing everything it needs, but you'll be good at some of it, maybe a lot of it. Try to find out what you're good at and what you enjoy doing and find a way to engage in it with no expectation of any return to you. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Trust me, this is going to leave you feeling great. So again, you know, the essence of networking is sincerity, genuineness, selflessness. If you have something to offer the world, the world's going to reciprocate. Let them know that when you need something and they'll be there for you. Well, listen, that's it for this week. I hope you got a thing or two from our episode. Next week, I'll be 
back talking about the school community engagement picture. You know, how can we make the most of the intersection of the two, the school and the community? For most of us, our schools growing up were the center of our world. And in fact, in most communities, the school really is the center of life. So it's a really valuable connection to cultivate. And I want to explore some of the ways we can do that. Um, from the standpoint of students, as well as parents, alumni of that school, um, you know, perhaps retired people and young people as well who aren't in school and aren't um, raising children that would attend the school, but we're part of the community nonetheless. All right. I'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Craig Williams for Beyond the Tassel. Listen, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay engaged in your own amazing journey.